You see, people collect all kinds of things. New, old, priceless, worthless. Darling, it doesn't matter what. I simply must know why. Those mothballs shouldn't get to keep all the secrets. This is the Mothball Prophecies. Hello and welcome to the Mothball Prophecies. I'm Samantha Mashburn. And I'm Jill Huffman. And today we're sitting down with someone who I'm going to be taking all of my decor advice from, (laughs) from this moment (laughs) forward. Welcome to the show, the goddess of kitsch. Mandy. Hello. Thank you for having Welcome. me. We're super excited to talk to you. Yes, we are yeah, so excited. Too. We talked for 30 minutes before we started recording. <laughs> and I was like, we should probably get some of this on tape, right? Right. I, I love it. So yeah, we're um we're very excited. I you sent us a message after listening to Elrod's episode. And yep. it's just a picture of a ginger shed. I know, because you guys talked about having gingerbread sheds. And I was like, screaming in my car i was like i have one i have one in my i am that crazy lady (laughs) who has an adult-sized gingerbread shed as a store so in the summer it's my hangout we you know we hang out in there i read during the day um friends pass out drunk in there at night as we should in the winter so the the condition that um, John, my partner, and I came to, the agreement we came to is that if I wanted to put a gingerbread shed in the backyard in the winter, it would act as storage for all of the crazy backyard decor that I have. So that was the agreement we came to. So right now it's filled with my cute pink patio furniture and my million umbrellas and all that stuff. But in the summer, it's a fully furnished hangout. Bad I ideas. <laughs> Bad ideas. No, you need it. You need one. You I, need one. Both of you. I had never felt so seen. I get it. And I was like, see, I'm not the only one that wants to be the I neighborhood know, she witch. immediately like texted me the picture. She's like, it's a real thing and this is happening. And I was like, Yes. So our neighborhood kids come over um and they told me that I remind them of the the witch in Hansel and Gretel. And I was like, thank you so much. That's such a big compliment. <laughs> mm-hmm. right I take that as such a huge compliment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, <laughs> as one should, because not yeah. everybody has that. No, no. As a matter of fact, more people need it. So get it's on it. True. everyone. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like, yeah, I'm slowly transforming my house into that house on the block that the kids yes. like dare each other to ride their bike past. They're like, nervous. <laughs> I mean, you're yes. starting out really good with uh, the skeleton out front. Yes. And I have somebody <sighs> that's going to laser cut metal to make a hanging bat for that light yes. post. So I'm going to do a hanging bat with my address number. And then I I pulled into my driveway and I said, I looked at my husband and I said, can I paint the garage door black? And the answer was, he's like, oh yeah, that would look really cool. Cause I have a black roof, black shutters, red brick house. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love this. So soon as it's right. Yeah. So cool. Your house is going to be the best house to trick or treat at. Oh, you know, we do. Okay. I fucking love Halloween. Obviously. Me too. And when it's like I have I'm a cosmetologist by trade, so I have a pornographic amount of doll heads. <laughs> it's true. And so well, what do you do with them when well, you finish? I sometimes I will give them to another hairdresser that's like needs a long hair doll head or needs something. Or I do special mm-hmm. effects makeup. Yes. And they become heads on sticks. 
yeah. in my front yard. Yeah, which I love. It's so good. I love that too. <laughs> so they do that. That's... And then I have, um, I have a big kind of like long porch, like it's wide. Mm-hmm. And then you have to like come into my front door, like step into it. Well, when it's Halloween, I have a mailbox that drops into my house. So I put a Bluetooth speaker in my mailbox that plays spooky music. I love this. And then I turn the lights off on my porch so they have to come all the way up to this dark porch, knock on this dark door and hear all this spooky music. And then I usually answer the door and I'm usually dressed in something. But we mm-hmm. give out full size cans of soda for Halloween. Oh, so you're house. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the best feeling. Like I and I we usually have like Sprite, root beer and orange soda. Mm-hmm. And so I go, okay, they'll say, and I make kids say trick or treat. You have to say trick or treat. And then I ask, do you want Sprite? Do you want root beer? Or do you want orange soda? And their faces, like their eyes, they're like, holy shit, this is it. Yeah. And then yeah. one kid turned around and goes, mom, she gave me a whole can of root beer. And the mom, she just like points at me and like, she's like clapping. She's like, nice job. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is, that's very clever. I never thought of that. So we have, um, we collect vintage Halloween too. Mm-hmm. And last year I our garage was white and boring on the inside. So we have in two th- I believe it was 2004, maybe 2003, Target had these giant um it was store signage and it was those Ben Cooper Collegeville uh, style masks. So they're gigantic. I'm talking they're, they're I remember like that. humans. Yes. So you know they're humongous. Um so that's John went around to all the targets and he got the signage the day after Halloween. Hell they yeah. gave him so we have all these Frankenstein masks. We've got some witches and those are hung up in the garage because they're way too big to hang in a house. Um, So I said, why don't we paint the garage black and then make it really spooky? Because um, I also collect vintage Halloween masks, the Ben Cooper and the Collegeville masks. So we have an entire wall of those. Um, I don't even know if I've put it, you know, I'll put it up on my Instagram so that you guys can see it or I'll send you the picture. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, So... We had Halloween parties out there so it with the garage doors up so that it could be like out in the open with a lot of good airflow last year and every day so I have two fog machines in there. Oh, so nice. we we start Halloween in like August. So the neighborhood kids yeah yeah that's when they start selling candy in the stores and everything. So I just had this huge candy bowl and Almost every day, the kids, the neighborhood kids came trick-or-treating in my garage. Like, whenever the door was up, they could come trick-or-treating. Awesome. <laughs> I know. I'm so crazy. But I love it. It was so fun. I love that. I just bought my first Ben Cooper masks last year. I had Ooh. seen them. I didn't know the name of them. I didn't. But I went to an estate sale, and I was down in the storage room. And they were like underneath behind something. And I pull out this stack and I was like, and they used to hang behind us here, but I switch it out. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God. And then I saw the big ones and I was like, where did people find these? And that's what I found out. Yes. Dead stock. Yeah. They're so fun to collect though. They're so easy to collect too. And then I had um, Riley of Darling Diddy's found, uh, it's like a Ben Cooper mask. It's a wolf man. Oh yeah. And she sent that mm-hmm. to me. So I have, I need to, I think I'm going to hang them all in the basement because it fits the theme yeah, of down here, but they are so cool. And they do yours. Do they fluoresce under a black light? The ones you got from target? Oh yes. All oh. that paint is so, so I do have a black, um, 
it's it's not a strobe light, but it's one of those like motion lights, and they look so awesome at night, lit up under the black light. Ugh. So do they you have them amazing. up all year long in the garage? Yeah, we have um, all year in the garage, and then our breezeway. If people don't know what a breezeway is, maybe <laughs> some people listening, it's like the room between your garage and the rest of your house. Yes. A lot of people are like, what the hell is a breezeway? So in our breezeway, which is the room that you walk into when you enter our house, is Halloween every day. 365, the walls are orange. You can find those pictures right on my Instagram. I know. Dead. we have. So when John and I moved in together about seven years ago, I had a coffin bookshelf and he had a coffin bookshelf and we were just like, we are just a match made of hell, really. <laughs> Will you be my I mean, mom? Can I come yes, with you? Yes, of course. I'll adopt you. Let's do a house swap. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Okay. Into it. Like in troll in troll too, like that. We'll yeah. just well house swap. Perfect. <laughs> I just like, you know, you meet people that you have interest with, right? But it's like to meet one person that you're like, yep, yep, yep. I know. Yep. I got Isn't it. it uh-huh. so nice. I do love it. Well, and I, right, you're like, I get it. I get you. Yeah. We were talking, I was talking to somebody the other day, and we were talking about the show, and I was like, you know, I said the coolest thing that's happened with this show is it's given all of the weird kids a spot mm-hmm. to shine and be like just their own group. It's just it's so cool to me that like I can sit down and talk to somebody about their weird antiques, and it's just very welcoming and open and honest. Like there's no there's no weirdness behind it. No, and a lot of people are like, I didn't even know that was a thing, and now I have to start collecting. Yeah, it. yeah, I know, which is bad. You can't. Uh, it's like, do Super I need? Bad. Well, I, I, I'm a completist. So if I find something that I love, I need every single one that I come across. So even in your questionnaire that you sent, <laughs> you asked about what I collect, and I was like, what don't I collect? I mean, I told you my my main favorite things that I'm always looking for, but then even today, I was like in my closet. There are these tissue box heads they're faux fur with creepy doll faces and they're tissue box covers that were popular in like the 60s and 70s they were a craft project that people would make and i have a huge collection of those and i was like that's another thing that i could have put on the list i saw them on your your instagram uh, and i was like what the hell are those because i yes but this this is the problem of this fucking show (laughs) i know so let me tell you I'm going to do a little shout out right now to a a woman that makes those. She reproduces them and they are absolutely flawless, perfect. They look original. Her Instagram is cutie pie kitsch. It's cutie with a K Uh, cutie pie kitsch. And she is amazing. She's so talented and she makes pillows. Hold on. She made this. I know that people listening won't be able to see this, but there is a picture of it on my Instagram. So this is a (gasps) stack. So I love Land of the Lost. I've got a velvet sleeve stack in the room I'm sitting in right now, but this is a pillow that she made for me. Oh my God. So the pillow is gold fringe yes. with this like reptilian <laughs> shiny fabric. Metallic. Yep. With a f- rickrack framed sleeve stack. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. We love Land of the Lost in this oh. house too. Oh, yay! <gasps> Jill just, just showed up. me the I David to, Bowie pillow. Which, Isn't she had. so good? Isn't she so talented? I I'm going to cry. That pillow is beautiful. So he that's needs to go Lori. on the chair. I know he does. You need- 
Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, now you're going to have a pillow addiction, too. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't? Okay, look at that. <laughs> She's showing me a tissue box. Okay, you yep. will all need to go to this Instagram. It's yeah. fantastic. Cutie wow. pie kitsch. She's incredible. Wow. I know. Also, cutie pie. If when I like look at things show, like we'd... this, right? <laughs> cutie pie, you're well, you're you're invited. Um, and also, when I look at people that craft like this, I realize that I'm just like not as great at crafting as I think I am. God, I know. Because I'm like everything I do looks like I made it for my mother. <laughs> Sometimes it's worth just buying it from someone who knows what they're doing mm-hmm. and having the good version. It's also cheaper that way for me. It truly is. By the time you're done buying all the materials. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. What did I was talking to somebody last night and I was like, I need to put some shelving up. So I was looking on eBay and stuff, right? For ideas. And she goes, just buy shelving. Don't try and make yep. it yourself. It's going to be <laughs> just sh- buy I was it. Like, well, I am going to Ikea for my birthday. So I got to look for shelving. Oh, Ikea. Ikea is the best place to go have like lunch. Mm-hmm. Have you ever? Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Yes. <laughs> I wanted to talk about a story you had with your uncle that was influential because I had an uncle that had influences on introducing me to things that I would have never seen before. Because mm-hmm. you had an uncle that took you to New York. Tell yes, me about he that lived, uncle. He lived in New York in the Bronx. So he would, my grandparents would drive my sister and I to Connecticut and he would meet us there. We always met at the same place. It was called the Pie Plate. It is no longer there, but it was the kitschiest, uh. most amazing 70s pie restaurant. It had like the um, the super graphics, the 70s super graphics on the walls. It was mm. everything was orange and brown. So we met there. That was a huge treat. And then my uncle would take us from Connecticut to the Bronx. We would stay with him and he would take us to see Broadway plays, um, just be in New York. We did all the things that, you know, the touristy things that you would do in New York. We did cool things like um, we we went to see Stomp one night and he was like, this is how you get um, tickets to sold out shows. You just wait there. And there are people who have tickets like season tickets or whatever who don't show up. And then my sister and I got to sit in the front row and <gasps> stop. And it was just so cool. Uh, and then, like I told you, that was where I saw my first um, girl with pink hair. So I was, I, at the time, I was probably, we started going when I think I was probably around 10 or 11. So just right at that influential age mm-hmm. where you're starting to become more yourself, you're realizing, well, I realized, you know, I didn't really fit in with my classmates. I went to a very small Catholic school. I was not like anybody there. Mm-hmm. So when I went to New York and I saw like people with crazy colored hair, I saw my first drag queen in the subway and I was just so enamored. And I, it was so nice that he, my uncle showed me that there's so much more to this world mm-hmm. and so many interesting, unique people and that totally had a huge impact on me and the way that I am and the way that, you know, not only do I like weird decor, but I also, or whatever you want to call it, unique, mm-hmm. blah, 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 color, very colorful. I also, myself, you, you can look at me and say like, oh yeah, this girl is definitely different or unique or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, it just sort of, gave me the confidence to be more myself and realize you don't have to fit in with everybody because somewhere out there, there are people just like you. Yeah. 
And it's such a, like, I'm from a small town and it was that very much that same way too of like, I didn't have like a group, like I had friends and, you know, people that I hung out with, but I was always, it was the same thing of like seeing somebody that was living their life in a way that I didn't know was a possibility mm-hmm. or an option. Yeah. Right. And then like the older I get, the more I just don't care because I'm like this, like this makes me so happy. I want to do this, and that's the that's the crossover. I think when you're doing something that makes you genuinely happy, people are inspired by that. Yeah, I was just gonna say inspiring, mm-hmm. no matter yep. what it is. Yeah, you know, and I just I hope that more people, especially like with everything that was going on last year and still mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. I hope that people realize that everything is imaginary. Nothing is real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like all of these societal rules that we're supposed to follow, quote unquote, are yeah. garbage. Like it's just, oh, yeah. it's not even total garbage. Yeah. Yeah. It's not an option. I'll have like, I used to wear before I had uh, a child that ruined my body. I only oh, say that. Stop. No, in the best way of like, I stood behind the chair at nine months pregnant. <laughs> you as did. long as your ch- as long as your child does not ruin your vintage, we're good. No, but they know, I, they know they're not allowed to touch anything, right? No, and we have like my breakable <laughs> stuff is mostly in the basement. Oh, good, that's yeah. smart. But I say ru- he only. I love my child dearly, but I stood behind the chair until I was nine months pregnant, so my, oh my arches goodness. started to fall. So I can't mm-hmm. wear like my fun footwear anymore. That's true. That yeah. I used to wear to work. So I had to like change things up after I had him but I used to like wearing different stuff to work was such a form of expression like I had these big demonia boots I would wear or I would wear heels before you know things were oh my goodness I've never had a child and I couldn't be on my feet in heels get out of here I was a slow (gasps) you'd wear them on a slower day I guess yeah but yeah sit a lot but it was I don't remember where I was going with that but I was um, oh I always had people Oh, you're cutting hair? No. Well, it was early on in the career. <laughs> before we had five years. <laughs> it hurts my feet. Yeah, no, it's It not does. It hurts my feet just thinking about it. No. Wedges with no. a chunky heel, like wedges or chunky heeled stuff that was like more of a platform with a little bit of lift rather than like a straight heel is the better to wear behind the chair. Well, yeah. yeah. If you had to choose something. <laughs> but I always, Thank you, mom. <laughs> yes, you're welcome. Let me tell you how to stand we've, we've, we've definitely reached mom corner. <laughs> Here, come in, kids. When I first started doing hair, I was influenced by the styles that were happening around me in my mm-hmm. town. And then I started to work for a company and I would travel to L.A. for trainings and then oh, I would be surrounded by hairdressers from all over the world. Yes. And I would see what they were wearing and how they were doing their hair and how they were doing their makeup and how they were like all of those things. Mm-hmm. And I would just like eat it up because I'm from a small area. Yep. But I think and that's what I love about um, like the show now is seeing people's collections across the world. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I found out about people um, bitter squeaks from your podcast. And I was like, how have I never heard of this person? I just love them. And all those little squeaky toys. I know that's a, that's a huge collection. Some people collect those, um, well, the squeaky toys, I guess. I don't know. I don't, I have a few, but those are, those can get pricey. And like I said, I'm yeah. cheap. So, <laughs> which, and that's, I wanted to talk about that. We talked about it a little bit before we started, but like that was one of the things, like I had seen her work before. But mm-hmm. I didn't know anybody that collected squeak toys. I didn't know anybody that did those things. But we were talking before we started about 
price points and like yes we've talked about on the show before like i am uh i am thrifty when it comes to my Mm -hmm. collections like they're from sales they're thrifted they're Mm -hmm. garage sales yeah i'm not an ebay shopper i'm not an etsy shopper unless it's for a very specific thing yeah or handmade a handmade item right 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 so where do you find a lot of your stuff because you have large collections yes (laughs) so we do a lot of flea marketing. We are very fortunate to live by... Have you ever heard of Brimfield? It's this Is huge... Is big antique show? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we go to Brimfield. Um, that happens three times a year. We find a lot of deals there, but we also go to our local flea markets, our local thrift stores. I used to do Craigslist. That's been kind of dead. I don't have Facebook um, just because I think it's a, a toxic cesspool. Mm-hmm. So I, for my mental health, I just got rid of my Facebook. Um, however, I do miss Facebook Marketplace because you can find some awesome things on Marketplace. So I get my things for very good prices. Um, if it was something that was a holy grail item, something that I desperately have wanted for a long time i would pay for it because Mm -hmm. it's basically anything you buy whether you're thrifty like we are or whether you have the funds to spend a little more i think that you should get whatever you want if it's worth it to you only you can decide the value of something Mm -hmm. if it's for your own personal collection and it's going to make you happy then if you have the money to get something that's a little pricier go for it yeah. But it's always best to find a deal, of course. Yeah, that's a part of the treasure hunt. Well, if you love the hunt and we love the hunt. Mm-hmm. So if you don't love the hunt and you just want that gratification, then, you know, but I really truly feel like if you put enough energy into looking for something and you put it out there in the universe, you will come across it. You just have to do the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a lot of digging. It's a lot. But for instance, um, you did I, did I answer so my holy grail item you asked what my holy grail items were so I have so many <laughs> <laughs> um every time I see something new I'm just like oh I, now I need that so we have a lot of things that are we've wanted for a long time and I when I say we I mean John and I um the Whitco Tiki Bar that was a Facebook marketplace or Craigslist. I can't remember, but that was the craziest find. Jill's dead. So She's like, dead. we we went. I know I would turn. It's, I'm looking at it right now because I'm in my tiki room. Oh, I'll pull it up. Um, I'll show Jill. Yes. So we found that and it was in this guy. He was cleaning his parents' house out and they had so much amazing stuff. And it was just all sort of in, you know, organized in stacks around the house the electricity was shut off in the house. It was very cold. We uh-huh. just went to get the bar. But I was like, well, if you're selling, you know, all of these things, then can I look around? And he said, sure. So there's this um, Hazel Atlas crinoline is, um, it comes in. <laughs> Are you showing her? the? Yeah, she just like <laughs> threw her head back like, ah. Uh. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> and that's like such an awesome um that was such an awesome find. I have this book here, Tiki style. And look, there's my Tiki bar on the first <gasps> uh, page. Isn't that just so, so cool? 
such a crazy find just at some random suburb of Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. But the guy's parents had like these collectible um, plates, their Hazel Atlas crinoline, he had a big stack of those in pink. So I was like, I'd like to buy these too. He was like, sure, 10 bucks for the teacups and the saucers and the plates. It was just like, so you score if you know what you're looking for, even if you don't know what you're looking mm -hmm. for and you just know what you like, because have you ever been drawn to an item and you're like, I don't know anything about this, mm -hmm. but I know that I need it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you look it up and you're like, oh, wow, this is this is a thing that a lot of people collect. Yeah. And I've had so. that happen, like, especially now when I go thrifting, we've had the show or I go to the Goodwill, I will see something and I'm like, I know you are something we've talked about. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't. And just grab it. Yeah. And I was, we, you know, we always talk about like uh, affordability versus collectability versus resale versus whatever. I was at an estate sale because they're just starting again in our area. Mm -hmm. And I was at a sale and I was working through like the sunroom and there was these two older women, like maybe in their sixties mm -hmm. and they were pointing stuff out and the husband goes, Oh, did you see? And he points at something. She goes, yeah. But like a lot of this stuff is just like cheap, you know? And I'm like <laughs> sitting there and I'm like, bitch, you're at an estate sale. Sorry, mom. <laughs> like you're at an estate sale shopping for things at a better price, but you're not going to collect something because you perceive it as being cheap and you don't want to have it in your house and look cheap, but you're actually <sighs> cheap. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. No, no, not at all. But I was like, thank God I had a mask on because I don't have a poker face, but I was just like, ew, like don't speak like that. <laughs> oh, how many art masks? Great for like swearing at people. Yeah. You can just say, you can just mouth the words. <laughs> and then you just like your eyes, like my like your eyes, eyes are my happy, smile. Like go to hell. Yeah, <laughs> but it was. It's you know, I I I don't know. Maybe we'll do a poll on Instagram and be like, is this like just the way that our parents think because of the way their parents thought that if the price tag isn't high, that it's not worthy of being in your home. Yeah. Well, I don't think that's. I definitely don't think that's a generational thing. I think that's that's unique to that woman. And I don't know, maybe she was a little snobby, but great, more for everybody else then. Right. And then I wanted to look back at what she was like thinking was cheap and like scoop it up and be well, like, and I mean, I, maybe it maybe it was a really a cheap piece of crap though. Yeah, that it also could have been. been. You never know. <laughs> but I always hate it too when you go to an estate sale and you're, you've got stuff in your basket or whatever and somebody comes like, oh, those are selling a lot on eBay. And I'm like, I'm oh, not, please. I'm not or like when they I'm have like, the eBay listing. Yes. In a store. Oh. And they have the printout of the eBay listing. Yes. And it's like, get away from me. Because mm -hmm. like I said, when before we started recording, I am not a reseller. I would rather. So when I was in my early 20s, I used to work at a daycare. And on my lunch break, there were two fabulous thrift stores. And... It was in a town where I think a lot of old people were passing away <laughs> and their families were donating their things. I found, I cannot, I'm not exaggerating when I tell you that I came across so many Chrome and Formica dinette sets and they're in beautiful condition. They're very strong. Yeah. Typically they're very sturdy tables anyway. I would just buy them for 10 bucks whatever and it was i was of the age where a lot of my friends were getting their own apartments and i would i was the table fairy <laughs> i was like have a dinette take what you want and now try finding a dinette set 
for under $300. And I mean, even I guess that's probably not a lot, but when you're used to finding them mm-hmm. weekly on a weekly basis mm-hmm. for 10, 20 bucks, mm-hmm. then I can't, I can't get out of that mindset. Yeah. I just and found I, my, I know. my first Formica dinette for my kitchen. Yeah. And it was Congratulations. like somebody's house. He was selling all of his mom's stuff. Mm-hmm. And I go down in the basement and there's just so much more stuff. And the dinette mm-hmm. was like in pieces in the corner and I was like is this for sale and he was like yeah and I offered him money then and he was like no because he was like I know I can get $800 <gasps> you're like stop uh-huh. so I left and then two weeks later I get a message and he's like are you still interested in that dinette he's like because I was trying to charge $800 for it and mm-hmm. no one wanted to buy it mm-hmm. good so I'm glad you got it oh yeah and well in the area we live in too like yeah not a lot of people are buying vintage and stuff at top dollar like no we're all wanting a deal yeah so for him to say that i'm like dude do you know where you're living Mm -hmm. like you're never gonna get that right you're not in la you're not in new york yeah you're in a suburb and Mm -hmm. maybe people are not willing to spend that much and it's not like you can i mean you could freight ship things like that but that adds so much more i guess if you're gonna spend 800 dollars on a table then you probably my, what's another what's another 200 what? right afraid. that's nothing well we talked about you know <laughs> i was there's another uh i don't know what they're doing it's interesting instead of having an open estate sale they have a facebook page listed mm-hmm. as an estate sale and they're mm-hmm. just taking pictures of things that i think they think are valuable and i want to message them and be like is there wrapping paper is there fabric are there towels like what did right. the silverware yeah. look like? Yeah. But they're posting stuff, right? So they had like a tiered porcelain serving tray. Mm-hmm. And then they had an eBay listing with what it's going wow. for on eBay. And I want to message them and go, it doesn't matter what they're going for. You need to look up sold and completed. Mm-hmm. Well, and then it's that way. It's like, if you're doing that, just sell it on eBay then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. And deal with the pain of people so again i moved when i first moved i sold a lot of things on ebay um this was years and years ago and it's just such a pain i'm just not that guy i'm not the guy who can list take all the pictures and list them and then correspond with people and then Mm -hmm. go to the post office and mail it it's just to me that's not fun it's such a daunting task that i don't I don't do it. I don't like it. John, my boyfriend, will do it. He does it every day. He loves it. He loves wow. it. He gets a kick out of it. And I'm the total opposite. Like I said, I would rather have friends come over. I'm getting rid of this stuff. Go through my stuff. Take whatever you want. Give mm-hmm. it a loving home. If you don't want it anymore, just either give it to somebody else or give it back to me and I'll find a new home for it. So, yeah. yeah. I would rather you know? somebody be happy with an item. Yeah then make a lot of money off of it. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Or like buying a piece of vintage for somebody that you know they're going to love. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is is bar none the best. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about, because you have, I just want to come and like sit in your house and look at it. I know, I do too. You're welcome to. Please do. (laughs) When did the like collecting bug really bite you? Like when you were like, okay, I know I like this stuff. Let's start getting a lot of it. (laughs) Like me. So... So my family, they're not collectors. I actually, when we, 
when my sister and I were younger, one of her friends, <laughs> I had my first apartment and it was always like this, always full, full, full with vintage. And my sister's friend was like, what happened to Mandy? Like, what <laughs> happened to her? How'd she get like this? And my sister was like, I don't know. But ever since I was little, do you remember those little porcelain Harlequin masks? They would sell them at the mall yeah. and they had like the ribbons hanging down. That was my first collection. Um, I was obsessed with those. I would beg my mom to take me to the mall to and like let me have $2 or whatever they cost. And I, and I must have been, I don't know, six, seven years old. <laughs> and I had a wall of these hideous Harlequin masks. <laughs> So it started then. And then I was, I collected Barbie dolls. My sister and I were in the newspaper with our Barbie doll collection. I'll show you that. Um, it's for yeah, our eyes it's only. A, but it's, I'll it's for, I sent it, it's, it's, I sent it to Samantha. It's for your eyes only. It's very 90s. You will see <laughs> in the picture. It's incredible. Hairdos. It's incredible. <laughs> it's not good. But we were in the paper because we had so many Barbies. And then I just, so that's when I started collecting. And then when I got older in my late teens, I just was really attracted to mid-century, like 1950s kitsch. And I definitely attribute that to Pee-wee's Playhouse. I was obsessed with Pee-wee's Playhouse. I still watch Pee-wee's Playhouse. When I watch episodes now, I see things that were just so ingrained in my subconscious that I now collect. And uh, if you look at, I believe it's the first season, one of the first episodes, he's got an anthropomorphic prism, floating prism chandelier. It's a this wow. girl chandelier. And I'm like, is this where my obsession with prism lamps came from? <gasps> and it's, you know what I mean? It's so freaky to watch that and go, oh my God, this is like so deeply rooted in me <laughs> we all think we're so oh, like, original and then it's something right. like that happens and you're like oh oh yes just so and then <laughs> yes and then as i got older i started watching a lot of john waters movies and he's a huge inspiration mm -hmm. to me um so i think my aesthetic comes from all of the things that I just watched growing up that I was influenced by. And then I just naturally became attracted to them. Um, and also horror movies, you know, maybe that's why I love Halloween stuff and my birthday's in October. So I think, I think if your birthday is around Halloween, you're maybe you're into spooky stuff more. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Is that a thing? That's a working theory. I've got <laughs> I, what are your birthday. Mine's your birthday? in March and Jill's. I okay. just had mine. We're both March. What is that? Pisces? I'm She's a Pisces. Pisces. I'm an Aries, which surprises oh. literally nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I get shocked. I I They're like, what's your what's your sign? I'm like, Pisces. They're like, hmm. Hmm. Is it though? I'm like because <laughs> I'm I think I'm an Aries and then a Aries and then another also spicy sign. That's what I Oh my goodness gracious. Yeah, it's yeah. bad. I am um, yeah, a lot. I jump. You're a spicy lady. <laughs> Sometimes people will peg me for a Pisces, and other times I get pegged for a Leo. Is it when you're crying or I don't know, cry? That's the thing. I don't bossing people around. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't cry. <laughs> that's why everybody's like, "Are you a Leo?" And I'm like, "No." They're like, are you? 
were you lied to? Is your birthday really in March? I'm like, <laughs> yes, it is. I am. I'm very empathetic and caring. Yeah, that's yes. that's your Pisces. <laughs> and then there's the almost Aries. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna put a coin in the swear jar. Yep, there you go, Jill. <laughs> I know. Come on, Jill. I got it. My daughter used to. She still gets on me. She'll be like, "Mom, I think we can find other words to use instead of those." Oh my goodness! How old is your daughter? She's thirteen so now. But when <gasps> she was five, it was really bad. She'd hold the jar and she'd be like, "You owe so." And she's like, "How oh many gosh. letters is that?" And I'll be like, four. She's like, "You owe four pennies." Oh my gosh. So I do swear like a trucker, but I also take care of children. So I'm very good at not swearing. Yes. Yeah. I have um, my parent <laughs> child now <laughs> and it's, it's cute. Like he hasn't said the F word yet, which I feel is a win, but he, yeah. um, I obviously say damn it a lot. So he's like, he'll mm -hmm. walk and drop something. And he goes, Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> And you're like, it's so cute. Yes. It's, I know it's wrong to think it's cute, but it's, it's so adorable. cute. Yeah, it's adorable when they say it and you're like, I should not say that's cute, but it's also really adorable. He said okie dokie for the first time the other day. So was, <laughs> we were like, hey, baby, you got to go put your jacket on. And he, so my husband's going to get his jacket and my son comes running behind him. He goes, but instead of saying okie dokie, he says dokie dokie. Oh. So he goes, dokie dokie, dad, dokie dokie. I, I love see. little kids. It's the best. He really is so, so fun. Since I am a nanny, I sort of, I'm the sort of gap bridger. I'm not a parent. I'm like, I'm like a buddy, but I'm the caregiver too. Mm -hmm. So whenever, and I've been doing it for a very long time. So I've had a lot of families that I've worked for. And I'm always the one that when a kid learns a swear, they try it out on me. And still ask me what it means. And I was driving one day and I had a little girl. I had just picked her up from school and she goes, she was eight. And she's like, Man, sweet little innocent child, Mandy, what does fuck mean? And I was like, oh God. So I had to, you know, I was like, well, you know, are we talking noun, verb? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. How, How was it used it? in a sentence? Use it in a sentence for me, yeah. sweetheart. So I just was like, oh, honey, I'm so sorry that you learned that word. That's not a nice word. Um, so please don't say it. And you're not allowed to say that until you're older. So she, as I'm driving, she was whispering it, saying it in every, every volume and vocal inflection <laughs> she could muster up. And I was just driving and I was like, how is this my life right now? Because you have to, you have to... It's it's my literally my job. I'm being paid to like be responsible. Help these yeah. kids help. out, be yeah. responsible, make sure my answers are well thought out and not gonna traumatize anyone. So I told I told her mom when we got home, I was like, just so you know, in case Lauren drops the <laughs> F bomb. It wasn't from me, but she she knows that word now. So. She picked it up on her weary travels through the third grade. I know. That's what when my kids like when I would pick them up from school, they'd hop in the car and they're like, hey, mom, what's this dude? Wait, what? Let me pull out of the line. First. <laughs> Let me get out of pickup. And I'm like, what? OK, what, what? How did we hear it? Who said it? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And why am I always the one to answer these questions? Well, you have to. I know no I choice. am my, my daughter's safe like space. she's like you're the nurse and you told us you could always come to you and I'm like I take that's that true 
That is no, that's true. I say that's your make it or break it moment. If you, how you respond to how you react and how you respond to something that's important to a little kid is going to determine whether or not they're comfortable asking you things in the future. So you've got to be super chill. I really, I always ask him, like, well, who said it and how is it said? And when they tell me that, and it's like, um, so, uh, uh, it's cool. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for coming to me and right, asking. Right. Uh, this is how it is, and this is what we do. Mm-hmm. And like, they just want the simple answers. Yeah. And my yeah. husband will go into a, a like a ten dear ten day series lecture. Sure, 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 sure. Where their eyes glaze over, and I'm like, honey, they just wanted the yes or no answer. Mm-hmm. Please, Have you ever been driving and you see some really cool? vintage in the car but your damn back seats filled with kids yes. so you yeah. can pick it up isn't yeah. that the worst <laughs> i know it is I, this You're so like- the other day i made my husband take my son to daycare with the car seat because I said I don't know what's going to be at the sale and i need the full capacity of my suv oh, yeah yeah you're like otherwise you know our kid may have some rusty piece of fi- furniture that i Tension need to clean lamp up when we coming get home straight on through the headrest yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah uh who so if you if your parents didn't grow up collecting like who did you collect with or were you just like we're gonna do this i was just more enabled so like i said the harlequin masks my mom would gladly buy those for me and then um when my nana would start buying me things actually my Bless her heart. My Nana got me those hideous little shoes. You used to be able to get them at the Hallmark store. <laughs> and she got me one and I was young. So I oh. thought it was cool. You you like trash when you're a little kid. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is so cool. But as I got older, she kept buying the shoes for me. And I guess my, again, I maybe don't have a very good poker face either. Because after the final, like, just hideous shoe... And I had nowhere to put these because I didn't like them. So I didn't want to display them. So finally, she could just tell by my face. She was like, honey, are you not into these anymore? And I was like, no, I'm sorry. And she was like, that's totally fine. I just got them for you because I thought you liked them. And I was like, no, I used to. I like the ones that I have. But can you please stop (laughs) buying them for me? So, yeah, just stop. I don't know where my collecting came from. I, I mean, my mom has a lot of clothes and shoes but i wouldn't consider that a collection yeah um yeah i don't know where my i am a maximalist and like i am a completist and when i have one thing that i love i am on the hunt for more like my anthropomorphic plastic vegetables that i could see now is the collection to peewee like I can, oh, 100%. So it's like all that shows anthropomorphic yeah. and peewee. That's the name of the show. 100%. People call my house Mandy's Playhouse. Oh, so that's awesome. Perfect. But those fruit and vegetable people, again, I'm cheap. So we'll find them for like $3, $5. And I have a very big collection of them. People sell them online for like $70. And I just can't do it. I can't do it. Again, if you love something and you're willing to spend that, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Good for you. However, if you dig, you will come across affordable, more affordable items. It's just, it's truly a hunt. Yeah. And it's a hunt. It never ends. It no. never ends. I you're just, never finished. I just put anthropomorphic into my like <laughs> manifesting. 
because oh, yeah. I I follow somebody. <laughs> I swear, Kat. with every show, it's something else. It's something new. By like the hundredth episode, your house is just gonna be hoarders edition. Yeah, I love it. Organized. No, as long as every or as long as it's curated, mm-hmm. as long as you can see. Yeah. Yeah. I, as long as you can see what 80 90% of your collection. I'm enabling you right now. If there's pathways like <laughs> mostly open rooms, we're fine. <laughs> Just please make sure it doesn't stink in here when I come. No, that's my biggest pet like biggest worry is a yeah. stinky house. Well, I can't smell do so you, it doesn't matter right now. Do you ever watch Hoarders and you see like a really cool piece of vintage furniture and you're like they are not even appreciating mm-hmm. what they have and it's Give like it to me. buried under like cat poop adult diapers like, yeah. yeah like well yeah. there goes that it's so yeah rest exactly. in peace yeah no like, i'm like I, I could salvage it i could mm-hmm. salvage it i don't know <laughs> get i get the mrs myers get the uh magic erasers mm-hmm. we're good we could we could we could zhuzh it up i've definitely like <laughs> when we first started the show it was kind of like everything like i was like oh i want to collect that that and that now like i'm setting parameters for myself like it has to tick a couple boxes before i bring it home yeah because you do certain time time periods decades well i was really when i first started i think that a lot of people start mid-century you know Mm -hmm. and then i really i love mid-century furniture and i love kitsch like kitchen mm-hmm. like but i also have like i a big into uranium glass right now and like oh, there's yeah. a couple pieces i just got like there's this sunkiss juicer i just got oh yeah and then up here there's a measuring cup juicer that's older and then you can't see i'm gonna basically i think i'm gonna display it behind us for interviews mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. there's a lot of uranium glass out there and now i'm like okay i need to collect only really interesting pieces i can't that's collect good. every plate i can't collect every teacup i can't do that so I'm like marbles, fluorescing marbles, measuring devices, and then like this. So this was one of those like it jumped out to me before I left the estate sale, the Sunkiss juicer. And mm-hmm. it had my black light. It was underneath a table in a rubbermaid tote. Oh, that is why you storied yourself with a black light today. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what ran through my head? I was like, what? Is she checking the sheets? What is she doing with that black No, I'm going to do that once I move on my uranium uh, glass into here. I yes. am so you should probably clear that up for people because I guarantee. People think that I bought, was looking <laughs> Everybody's for Everybody's like, what kind of estate sales yes. is she going to? I'm seeing if the, the I house is clean. I thought you were looking for like pee stains. Which I mean is also oh a good idea. Could you imagine accidentally <laughs> no, putting it over the sheets? it's not a good sheets? idea. I know if you put it on the sheets and there's this big like, sti- never mind. Oh god, nope, I don't want No, that. the thing you want to do is put it on the couch. Yes. You oh. don't touch the couch. So yes, it was to look for uh uranium glass. And okay. I Ha-ha. saw this guy <laughs> ping and then a piece of jadeite pinged. They both fluoresced. And they were yep. in a box underneath the table in the basement. So I was like, nobody's seeing these. No. And my heart mm-hmm. started to race. Oh, and I, I pull them out feeling. and I was like they weren't priced so I was like called the estate sale person over and I was like how much do you want for these so like it's got to be the right price to come home you should be like how much do you want I guess they're okay yeah I was kinda, like well, don't what, show the jerk side yeah you gotta right. play it cool yeah. that's where the mask yeah. came into play yeah <laughs> true just my eyes Truly. and I'm like so how much do you want for these they were just down here um, in the tote and I think some pieces are missing and I'm like there's lots of pieces missing and I, the guy's like, well, let me go see. And so he goes to get somebody and somebody comes back and he goes, well, I don't know. Do you want to do $10 for both of them? Yes. Yes, I do. And I was like, yeah, that's, I think that sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pay that. So I like, I told Dustin, I was like, hurry up, hurry up, get your shit. We got to get out of here. We're robbing the place. Yeah. 
<laughs> but I was I was stoked to find like, but this guy had somebody had put it together wrong, so there was a chip. So now I have this piece of mm. that glass, this custard glass. I'm gonna turn it into a necklace, I think. Oh. And it files. Yeah, because I feel like if they also that's another that's another good point that you just brought up. Um, damaged pieces. If you're using it for display purposes then who cares? Mm -hmm. Who cares if there's a little nick or a scratch or a ding or whatever, or a piece missing? If you can make it look cool or interesting, then, you know, that's all that matters. If mm -hmm. it makes you happy to look at, it's okay if it's damaged. And a lot of times the damaged items are much less expensive. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm so not, yeah, I'm the same thing of like, it doesn't have to be pristine to be in my collection. No. But it, to, no. to answer the long, I am a maximalist in a magpie. Like if something is interesting yes. or I like the way it looks or I like this is cool. Nobody I'm forever like the nobody else has this type of person. Yeah. 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 I don't know what I am. I'm just the magpie. Jill is a late in life collector. Mm hmm. Like, I'm like I'm super well, old. you didn't have <laughs> late bloom. She's a late bloomer. She's a late guys. bloomer. You're a late bloomer. You didn't grow up collecting no vintage. because my mom collected like country stuff and i was just like <laughs> and then i found there's like oh, other stuff yeah. and i was like oh you can mm -hmm. get other things but i'm not the collector in the sense where i am showcase to showcase i use it mm -hmm. like it bugs my husband to no end oh so you you have functional pieces yeah like all my pyrex i use okay and, like but all, not like just stuff all over everywhere like we have we yeah. have just if i could yet. decorate i would but my husband's a very um minimalist mm -hmm. he hates oh <laughs> divorce it's really that's hard for divorce. that's so, why your office so, can be yeah <laughs> yeah you need one room so speaking of that i have dated people um that I'm I've just been like this is not going to work because <laughs> you collect if you if you know if they collect something terrible that I'm like there's no possible way I would have this in my house. So when John and I John and I were friends for years and years before we ever started dating um and we just have such similar tastes and styles so the life-size Colonel Sanders in our dining room mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. John's and so our so I'm vegetarian. I've been vegetarian since I was 15 years old, which is funny because I love collecting plastic meat mm -hmm. and I we have a Kentucky fried chicken themed dining room. <laughs> so I'm obsessed with vintage pictures of meat. Um, it's just why? Why am I like this guy? Is this therapy? This Do is I owe you for this therapy? Yeah, we'll, we'll send you an invoice after this. So John and I, when we moved in together, our collections merged so seamlessly because we both collected vintage Halloween. I collected Ouija boards and John has a Ouija Showing board her the museum. Oh yeah. It's a life-size Colonel Sanders. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so we just, when, when John and I moved in together, I was like, well, I might as well not bother collecting Ouija boards anymore because what's the point? He's got hundreds and thousands and jillions of Ouija boards. He has one of the world's largest collections. If you guys ever visit Salem, come hang out with me and come. I'll show you around well, and do all the cool spooky things. Yeah. Salem is on our bucket list of like going to visit. Not only that, but also like we want to go to that Brimfield show. We want to do. Oh, all yeah. 
We want to pick our way across the United States of America. <laughs> pick them across America. Mm-hmm. So the September Brimfield would be perfect because Salem in September is my absolute favorite time of year. Um, October gets insane. So unless you love crowds of people, which some people do, but if you love waiting in line (laughs) in a crowded town, then come in October. But if you don't love that, then come in September because it's still got the spooky vibe, the fall air. It's nice and crisp. We ha- there's a garden um, called Ropes. So there's a house. It was actually Allison's house in Hocus Pocus. Ropes Mansion. It's on Essex Street in Salem. Behind Ropes Mansion is Ropes Mansion Garden. And it is this gorgeous garden. And in September, it is in the most beautiful full bloom. I tell everybody to go there because it's just such a happy place. So when I get out of work, I just walk to the garden. I read a book mm. on a bench. It's lovely. So when you guys come, there's the Brimfield in September. Mm-hmm. And then you can do your Salem trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll, sh- I'll show you all around. Please. Yes, please. Because that sounds magical. Yay. When I, Sometimes when I walk through a pretty garden, I just weep. Because I'm just like, it's so beautiful. It's Dry your tears yet. on like the flower petals. Yeah, I use a rose. <laughs> I just punch myself in the face <laughs> with flowers when I'm crying. That's all I do. It's nature's Why can I see that easily? Yeah, nature's Kleenex. Yeah, it's nature. Just like pat, 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 pat. <laughs> she crying, and then I have pollen in my eyes. Right. Bee coming at your eyeball. Yeah. Oh, hello, bee sting. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really cry. Lord. Have you ever been stung by a bee? That sucks. Yeah, I garden um, out in the country with my mom. Oh yeah, and the farmers in our area will rent beehives, and so you have <gasps> to be careful when you're out there. Because, and I like, I'm the type of person like I don't spray my dandelions. I don't. Right. Like, no, they're food. They're food for the bees. So when we went out there one day, we were getting everything set up, and I was going to talk to the guy that like runs these community gardens and I stepped on top of or just over a big bushel of dandelions on the ground oh. and they were oh. still wet with morning dew uh-huh. and I got stung in the calf and then there was another time that I was um, hand weeding around our summer squash and they love those big blossoms I mean they're covered in bees in the morning <gasps> yes. and in the evening and I'm down and I was talking to my cousin I was distracted and then I felt something like on my inner thigh oh Oh no! And I'm oh, out in no. the in front of God and everybody, and I'm like, I can't take my pants <laughs> off to get this bee out of my pants. So I just no. start slapping my leg, oh, and then I see no, this bee no. roll out, and I was like, I'm so sorry, friend. <laughs> I, well, I got, I know. I was standing like my daughter was at soccer practice, and I was just standing there talking to other moms, <laughs> not moving, nothing, and he stung me, and I was like, Oh my God, <gasps> this bee just right. committed suicide, mm-hmm. and they're like, what? right. I'm like I wasn't doing anything, and he just wanted to die. I'm your friend. <laughs> Please. Don't I wear die. a lot of, I wear a lot of floral prints, oh. and oh. bees want me. And I'm, I, you know, I have perfume on, and they just love me. And I'm, I guess usually I'm like, be a statue, be a statue. But I guess that doesn't always work, does it, Joe? No, Jill? it doesn't. Huh. No. When I know I'm going to be somewhere that there's lots of bees, I, I have, I keep peppermint oil in my car. Yeah, that's and smart. Put peppermint oil on, and they don't like the smell. They'll stay away. Because my mice don't, don't like it like either. That. Oh, mice mice don't like peppermint either. Actually, so I went to my gingerbread shed um, to check on it. As soon as the mountain of snow mm-hmm. had melted in the backyard, um, I could get out there. 
because I was so worried that I was going to have like a family of raccoons living in it. Right. Imagine. Oh, my God. Imagine. I mean, I, I would half love that. Yeah. And half hate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, because I do feed the backyard critters too. I had a raccoon that would watch me from the tree. I named her Dottie. Oh. And um, I would leave, you know, like little food. This is mm-hmm. not good. John wants to kill me. But, <laughs> Don't feed the uh, wildlife. I'll leave- I do. I know it's so bad, but I have to. I'm lo- I, looking out my window right now. I've got five bird feeders just in sight. Mm-hmm. So I'm just a crazy, crazy lady. Even I could even collect bird feeders. Apparently, <laughs> I collect backyard <laughs> critters. Apparently, so you know. I get it. <laughs> you're yeah, in, I you're it. in good company. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I would. I in case anyone wants to know, there was not a family of any sort of animals living in the good. shed. I know that is good. They're under it, I'm sure. Like I the have, bunnies and stuff. Oh yeah. That's fine. That's fine. I have a feral tomcat living in my compost pile. Really? Yeah. He looks like um what's the like the big cat from Oliver and Company? No. Like you know that big just gruffy yes. Yeah. So he was, uh, I have a video. I should post it. I like see him and I'm like, I walk out my back door and like as soon as he hears the lock like he like looks at the back of the house and I open the door and I come walking out and I just <laughs> my neighbors think I'm insane I just go excuse me sir <laughs> to this cat, to cat in my backyard <laughs> excuse me sir and he just runs away and I was like okay <laughs> good day to you and I haven't seen him since but I was like oh come back so I wanted to talk about one more thing because I have never ever 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 seen one of these things <gasps> and it's that pixie floor lamp what do yes. what can you tell yes. me about that lamp Okay, that is a holy grail item. Incredible. That lamp, I have... So, I believe... If anyone has any concrete evidence, I would love for them to get in touch with me. I believe they're Italian lamps. So, um, a company... I believe it was a Japanese company started reproducing the little pixies... And they're just little plastic figurines and whatever. But the pixie lamps, which I think this is five feet tall, um, it those were made in Italy. They're made out of wood. They're actually very delicate. Um, I have never seen a pink velvet one in my life, which, of course, pink it, pink velvet, I'm sold. I don't care what it is. <laughs> if it's pink and velvet, I need it. So... I saw that there is a local thrift store in Salem and they posted on their Instagram a picture and it was just mixed within a pile of just random stuff. And there was the lamp and I gasped and I instantly commented, I'm DMing you. They know me from shopping there. So I'm DMing you about the lamp. I private messaged them like obsessively like a psycho because (laughs) due to... Due to COVID, we all have very limited hours. Mm -hmm. Like all the shops have very limited hours. So they're not actually open on the weekdays. So, and on my nanny days, I work from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. So there's no way I could get. Yeah. So I also knew that I have some friends with similar styles. So I was like, well, I've got (laughs) to message them and be like, don't you dare. (laughs) This is mine. So I've prior to seeing this lamp, I had seen two in the wild and they were always way out of my, my price range. Um, like I, I've never seen one for under $500. Yeah. Um, so 
And actually, I did see one. I believe it was an, at an antique store in Maine. And I saw it. This was probably four years ago now. And I was like, oh, it's just too expensive. I can't do it. And you better believe I've been back to that antique store so many times, wishing magically that it was still there. Right. And it's gone, of course. So when I saw this pink velvet pixie lamp and gold, you see all the gold on it as well, right? Yeah. And the tassels, the gold tassels. It's the most fabulous thing I own. It truly is. And it does fit perfectly into my living room. My living room is heavily, heavily inspired by the Madonna Inn, which is a fabulous uh, hotel. It's like a chalet style. Every room is different themed. Everybody should look the Madonna Inn up. It was built in 1958. It's on my list. It's over Mm -hmm. the top, ostentatious, glamour, kitsch, super tacky. I love it so much. Uh, We go there quite often. Um, And of course, you've got to stay in a different room every night. Mm. You can't stay in the same room because one room will be all green, one room. And I I match my outfits to the Madonna Inn, whatever room we're (laughs) staying in. So anyway, my living room is heavily inspired by the Madonna Inn. And um, that lamp is just, I mean, could it be more perfect for that room? It's perfect. It's so perfect. It's insane. It's insane. So that I would have to say is one of my Holy Grail items. The other that we also have that we got at Brimfield is a plamp. Now, I know I explained what a plamp was to you via mm-hmm. email. A plamp is um, it's spaghetti lucite shades that are part of a plastic palm tree. Oh. It's a plant lamp. Oh. Plamp. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm looking at it right now. Let I me need see one of I those too. Turn I... my can. Uh, let's uh, see. Where's Tony? Yeah. Yep. Oh, and I see your you other see your uh, stack over there. Yeah, too. I need one. Yes. So John found that a year ago at Brimfield. And yeah, that was another. So I, I keep adding Holy Grail items and then, you know, you find them, mm-hmm. you add another one. Yeah. Which I, we so. just, you know, with the show learned about Lucite lamps and spaghetti lamps and spaghetti mm-hmm. items. We actually just covered it in the episode that's coming out this week. We covered it in the Ooh, fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we but did. it's definitely now it's on for my basement because you can see behind me like it's very. Oh, you 100% need mm-hmm. a spaghetti lamp in your basement. Yeah, it has to happen. Yeah. Um, speaking of famous basements and famous yes. houses, it is time for my favorite part of the show. Jill's not favorite. It's my favorite. I'm so excited about Wait this. Wait till you actually have to go through <laughs> It's not hypothetical in your car. <laughs> I know, because in my car, I just pick everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so today, okay, to make it extra fun and kitschy, we are going to estate sale. Because for those of you new to the show, the estate sale walkthrough is completely manufactured every week. It's make-believe. The items do exist in real life, but there's not a sale that has these yet. And we ask each guest each week, the estate sale is built around their favorite things. And it is a this or that. You have to pick one or the other. You can't pick both. You can find your own loopholes, but we won't tell you what they are. I have yet to find my own loophole. Yeah, I'm sorry. Ooh, okay. And this was something that I completely made up in our first interview, improved. And Jill looked at me like I was insane. She's like, what are you doing? Just going to go. No way. This is the most fun part. It's so fun. Part of it. Can't get rid of it. I know. I love it. And then I also sometimes some weeks it's hard to write. And I'm like, why did I do this? 
Um, so today's estate sale walkthrough. We are walking through an imaginary estate sale in a very real place. Um, we're going to walk through the neighborhood of the TV show Bewitched to shop today. Wait, repeat that. You cut out. Oh, sorry. I'm like, did, uh, we're going to walk through <laughs> the TV show Bewitched, that neighborhood. Oh, okay. Excellent. So we are in a neighborhood sale on Morning Glory Circle. That's the address of the Bewitched house. We have our bags ready to go. Fanny packs locked and loaded, carrying all of the essentials. Okay. Hands are free. We walk into the living room of the first house and we are greeted by hordes of bedding and pillows. But we're faced mm-hmm. with two styles. Do you choose the bedroom set that has the velvet round tufted pillows or the various colors of velvet seashell pillows bedding set? Now, do we have our, our black light handy? Yes. <laughs> to, to inspect so the We bedding. have black light headlamps to make <laughs> and every, sure. Every, and the bedding's all a go? It's, it's all good. Clean. It's clean. No, it's no. laundered. Okay. <laughs> Should I answer first? Or no, Jill nefarious. No, you have to. Yeah. I can't. Oh, okay. <laughs> I am definitely going to choose the round tufted pillows for sure. I love them. Those are those are a weakness of mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my grandma hand makes them. It's the sweetest. Oh my goodness. Come on. Yep. Here's the I thing. love that. I never know I need these things until the stupid sales. Until I do it to you. And <laughs> I'm going to go with the seashells. <gasps> oh, I'm surprised. Wow. I am also wow. going with the seashells. Wow. Good. More round tufted pillows for me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Carry them all You guys out. fight over your seashells. And then we're just going to look at you and be like, damn it. Carry them out like the trash I'm pre- lady I'm in the pretending- labyrinth. <laughs> I'm pretending in my head these tufted pill- pillows are the perfect shade of mm-hmm. fuchsia. Yeah. Fuchsia yeah. pink. Um, mm-hmm. Because believe it or not, that is an impossible color to find. They had them hand dyed for the show. So they're oh. <laughs> exactly what they are. It's exactly okay. what they are. Okay. Hey, that's good to know. You're welcome. That's what this is what we do here. We just aim to please. Next, I'm going to be hand dyeing pillows in my kitchen. I, yeah, thanks sorry, a lot, sorry. That's what I'm here for to ruin everybody's what? collections. <laughs> Up next, we head into the kitchen. It's okay. filled with years of collecting. There's gallery walls, shelving units, you name it. It's in this kitchen. We have a couple choices to make in right here. This. First choice is to pick between the Lustreware spice rack. Or the Lustroware silverware tray? Oh, hands down, spice rack. Those, I cannot find one. They're so cool. Yes. Yes. So are the silver. Yeah, this is tough because I love the silverware ones that have like the malachite or whatever in them, then they sparkle. If I didn't already have like three of those, then I would have, well, this would have been a hard mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> but yeah, spice rack. Uh, spice rack, yes. Yeah, I'm going to go with the spice rack too. Hey. Silverware. Oh, good choice. Yeah, I already regret it. That's okay. The second choice <laughs> in the kitchen is glassware mm-hmm. sorry what? seriously there is two complete sets okay they're both the party time by libby sets 
One is the blue speckled glassware with gold starbursts. Ooh. Or the black starburst set. Both by Libby Glass, Tall Tom's Collins. Yep, yep. I'm going to murder you in your sleep. That's going uh, to do it I... after I take my melatonin. <laughs> <laughs> so you won't notice. Yeah. Um, I love color. So I'm going with the blue. Even though I'm wearing all black right now, mm-hmm. I love color and I am going with the blue. Jill? Yeah, I think I'm going to go blue too. I'm going to go black. Ooh, I yeah. love black. I'm all I wear all black. I like, but I don't have any black dishware, so we're gonna go with that. Huh. The third choice in the kitchen is all about anthropomorphic. Of course, I had to. Oh, this one's gonna be a hard one for me. All of it. I choose all of it. Okay, cool. You just <laughs> knock us both out and skiz. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. I just bash your heads together. <laughs> Push you to the floor and steal it all. Bye. Okay, go on. Right off on a broom. Go on. So <laughs> you're like, bye. And you just. As I cackle away into your broom <laughs> side bags, your side bags with all your stuff in it. Like, see you later. Do you go for it? Now, these are a couple of your favorite things, right? And instead of making mm-hmm. you choose one, there's sets. So do you choose the anthropomorphic bell pepper set? The anthropomorphic onion set or the anthropomorphic berry set Ooh, i think i I think the onions would have the funniest faces so i'm gonna go with the onions is that your indicator on how you pick the anthropomorphic well if they have like so there is a a chalkware strawberry that i don't have and she has the bitchiest like side eye <laughs> face and I, she i do i want her i will find her someday but bitchy for, strawberry she has like a bitchy side eye look up chalkware strawberry her, Doing it right her lids now. are lowered at her lids are at half mass she fucking she's hates just, being in your kitchen she she's just not <gasps> having any of it she is a bitch yeah. Sorry, mom. So I, I gotta put it in the so, jar wait 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 you said berry wait is she is it yeah, oh you can't see the it one yeah, is she the wait? She's is in she there. In the, yeah. Oh no, her. I pick her. I choose her. <laughs> I choose her. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I did it. I did it. I hope for the moment every estate's I walk through that the guest turns on me I and our know. friendship is ruined <laughs> every time. <laughs> Jill. Oh. Don't blow it, Jill. I know. I'm going to either way. I think I'm going to go with the bell pepper. That fits. Yeah. yeah. If it fits, it chips. <laughs> <laughs> I am because I love the onions and I think they just look like stupid idiots. I'm going with the onions. Don't they? They just they are, look, they they're just like, I'm so happy. I smell bad. I know. <laughs> <laughs> or they're like, oh God, I'm so horrified that I smell bad. Right. I'm an so, onion. You mean to tell me I've smelt this way my whole life? Right. The stank faced onion. I love you them. Don't sit by me. Did yes. you see that little? Did you see the little? Um, the little. I guess it's a meme. I don't know. 
uh, what do the kids these days call it? <laughs> and I, I took pictures of all my anthropomorphic chalkware and like figures. And I made, I was like, which piece <gasps> of anthropomorphic vintage are you feeling like today? And you get to pick your mood. I'm going to share it that, when your episode comes you sh- out. Yeah, share it because I woke up one day, probably it was like a month ago now. And I was just like, you know, when you feel like blue for no good reason, mm-hmm. you're just kind of mm-hmm. bummed out. Mm-hmm. I was like, just sad. And I, and I had the day off. So, and uh, you know, there's nothing to do right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm crocheting a lot, but you can't always crochet. Okay. So it's not a summertime just, activity. Yeah. So I was just sitting there idly in my dining room and I have all those faces staring at me. And I was like, you know, these guys make me so happy. So maybe somebody else is bummed out. And if I make a little funny chart to choose your mood this might cheer other people up and it literally elevated my mood so much it's so when i did it i had a blast doing it and then i also felt productive for the day (laughs) there you go you did it i know endorphin serotonin contributing to society check 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 yep i did it i did my part it's like a couple couple lines down on my instagram I will find it and then I will show Jill and then I will also share it this week with your episode. Um, Thanks. The last question. This is hypothetical. Aren't these mm-hmm. all hypothetical? Just because it's been in my brain because I'm looking for a particular guest. Um, so if you could shop any vintage from like a, a TV show or a movie, which one would it be out of the following? There's Bewitched, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, or the marvelous Miss Maisel. Oh my god! If you could pick through any set to buy just stuff, like sit in the. I just see you sitting in the corner with your like your fingers steeping. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Turn into a witch at night. Like every yeah. Night. Um. So <sighs> there's so much eclectic lamp porn mm-hmm. in Sabrina. Mm-hmm. I love it. As you know, I love lamp. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have, oh, I, so how many, I don't even, I think I counted and I have, what did I have? 36 or something functioning lamps in my house. And my Just, house is not that big. Mm-hmm. I've got like nine in my living room. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Okay. I'm going to choose Miss Maisel because they did such a good job on that show. And, you know what? It was a great show. It was an absolutely great show. But it could be the worst show on the face of the planet. And if mm-hmm. it looks cool, if it looks pretty, I'm still in. Yeah. Because then I can just Mad watch Men the background. Got, yeah. Yeah. You don't even pay attention yeah. to the shitty script sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mad Men, I feel like got... I, I, I lost interest in Mad Men, but still looked great. Still watched it. I've watched terrible movies because they have great sets. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Miss Maisel. That's my final answer. That's my final <laughs> Jill? I don't know. Um, Jill, you had my whole rant to think about this. I Come know. On. I know. That's the thing. I got the whole God rant. damn it, Jill. And that's, that yeah. starts to sway her. It sways her. This is when I oh, started. Oh, that's right. I did. Yeah. I did. This is when I started annoying myself, too. I'm like, God damn it, Jill. Just make a freaking choice. Okay, I'll go, and then we'll circle back to you. You have to have your order ready by the time we come. This back. exactly. Can you order slowly, please? Yes. So that Jill has time. I am going to go because 
it covers a lot of my like yums in the show is the chilling adventures of Sabrina. There's yes. like Victorian type stuff, yes. and gothic yes. stuff, mid-century, there's kitsch, there's like regular, like almost like French provincial, like it kind of yes. covers all the stuff. So I feel like I could like walk through the Spellman house and then I could go to the school and then I could go to hell and then, and really. Oh, yes. Yeah. See, I had my choice made and then you had to go and be like, Ooh, so we're going to need this. you to come back to the table later. But yeah, I'll have to take another well, coffee. I'm just going to go and lemonade. get bewitched because it's the only choice and I don't want to fight anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you'd find some stuff that you really like and bewitched. I'm pretty sure I would. I'd get all the And barware. it's authentic. Um, it was- oh, can I just say what I would choose from bewitched? Mm-hmm. Endora's entire yes. room. Yeah. That's. <gasps> Endora's go entire Endora for Halloween. <gasps> yeah, I do the beehive and everything. Start now. Gonna start shopping now. I gotta find a new outfit for Meredith too. Meredith is my porch skeleton. Oh, Meredith can be um, dress Meredith up in a suit and have her be um, Darren. There you go. If you're gonna go with the bewitched theme, mm-hmm. yep. You know, it's happening. Put yep. her in some drag. There you go. <laughs> well, thank you so much for spending your Sunday with us. I had an absolute ball. Yes, this was like the best way to spend a Sunday yeah. ever. Yeah. Aw, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I was so excited when you asked me when I reached out to you. I was like, me? <laughs> yeah, no, it was, you, you first you started with the ginger shed. I lured you, you in. Then you led with Colonel Sanders and then I got a video a of the fake meat and I was like, this is it. You, yeah, we've made, you've made we have it. to be. <laughs> I got down on my antique knee and said, will you be on my show? <laughs> you proposed. I accepted. Yes. And it's just a match made in absolute heaven. I love it. I wish you were my nanny. I would have just been a lot cooler. Yeah. Aww. My collection would have been a lot further ahead. Well, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll see how everybody turns out that I'm helping raise. Yeah. Fingers let's crossed. start like a study, you know, where they're like over the course of 30 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, to hear more about the antiques and items we talked about today in Mandy's episode, stay tuned for the Curio Corner. You know, when she sent that Instagram message to me of that ginger shed, I thought you were, well, you did lose your shit. I did. Just because it's like, it's, I'm like, oh, my people. And then to also, this has been helpful, to see it done in somebody else's backyard to kind of like start to build a template from. Yes. So that's like the nice thing about like Instagram and Pinterest and all that. Because it's like, I know what I want, mm-hmm. but I need somebody else to do it first so I can see what I need to do. Yeah. So it was like, I was, I've seen her trim work, right? And I was like, okay, now I know how I can build that. So now I've started to build upon that design. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I could take a like jigsaw and I could make the pattern right. And then I was like, oh, I could do a drill with various size drill bits and make it like a little more lacy, like draw holes and punch holes along it. Oh, like, wow. You getting. It's going to be so fucking fancy. That's going to be real fancy. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to start on that. And then I also had the another witchy revelation. We pulled up to the house the other day and we have a red brick house and it's got a black roof and black shutters, right? Mm-hmm. And I pull up and I get out of the car and I said to my husband, I was like, can I paint the garage door black? And he was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. 
and it was like cool beans. So won't that look so good? That will look really good. I love black garage doors. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it makes the house look like 10 times more sophisticated. I think so too. And so I'm going to paint it black and then I got to spray paint that light post black. Chef's kiss. Yeah, that will be adorable. With Meredith in various. Yeah. Yeah. You need to get a ball gown for Meredith. <gasps> yeah. Oh my God. That's a perfect thing to shop for the next time I'm at the DI because they have all those crazy dresses. That's right. There you go. And then I could dye it black in my bathtub. You could do that. You guys see a theme here. It's a it's a sickness. Mm-hmm. We can't really help it. There's no cure for it. So nope. nope. And I don't mind it. I'm starting to branch out my color palette with my clothing. And then it was nice to see an equally uh dark aesthetic dressed up in such lovely kitsch with Miss Mandy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was so cute. Oh man. And the fact that she was in a room with all windows mm-hmm. and she hung everything by wires from the ceiling. And then it's like that moment where you're like, why the fuck didn't I think of that? Yes. Yeah. Really frustrating for like, it, <laughs> I'm like, I swear to God, if I'm still coming to these revelations at like 60 and 70 years old, <laughs> I'm done. No. I'm done. Put me out. Yeah. Cause, and it, before she said what it was, I was just, it's a wall in my brain. It, as- it literally looked like a wall. Mm-hmm. And at first I thought it was um, wallpaper. Yes. And then all I could think was, where'd she get that wallpaper? I want that. Right. And as she was reading our minds, she goes, oh, this? And she hits it. <laughs> and it- and your, my look and your look were equal. We're like, what? Ah, my brain melted. It- <laughs> yeah. But so we were talking about her decor styling. And we talked about something that I learned of this year because of the show. So I've seen them around. I've seen them when I'm thrifting. I've seen them in people's collections. I never knew the name of them. And I think, who was it? It was somebody that follows us and has followed us from the beginning. It might have been Crystal that she was like, oh, my God, you have Ben Cooper masks when I found those at that Sixth Street Estate sale. Yeah. And I was like, oh, is that what they're called? Because I didn't even know. Like I had Googled vintage Halloween masks. And this is, I'm going to say this is like a precursor to what I'm going to talk about is something I learned as I was looking this up was there were three major Halloween costume companies at the time, Ben Cooper, Collegeville, and Halco. Oh. I always thought, and it has been the way it's been said to me, is that Ben Cooper, Collegeville were one. I could see where that would start to come together. Right. So that'll all, this, this whole precursor will tie in at the end of this. This information is from Wikipedia and also, um, I'm going to pull some stuff from antiquetrader.com. So Ben Cooper was born in the Lower East Side of New York in 1906. He studied accounting and he wanted to be a songwriter initially before settling on the business of theatrical costume design in 1927. He was 21 years old when he was like, well, I'm going to do this. So he went on to, right. He went on to design costumes for Harlem's famous cotton club, as well as several editions of the Zigfield Follies, which those were like um, a rotating cast of Broadway shows. And it was also a radio program at one point. 
<clears throat> but live theater began falling out of favor and nobody could go and do it because of the Great Depression. They couldn't afford mm-hmm. to go to the theater. Yeah. So inevitably, the demand for costume design started to fade out. But <clears throat> there were some other exciting things that were happening at the time in America. Halloween was becoming a more popular and a more commercialized Hollywood. And so Ben Cooper decided that he was going to start designing Halloween costumes and different costumes at this time. And in 1937, the Ben Cooper Inc., the firm assumed the control of A.S. Fishbach Incorporated. And that company had the license to produce costumes based on characters owned by Walt Disney, such as Donald Duck and Snow White. So in 1937, Ben Cooper Inc. company started selling Disney costumes under the Fishbach Spotlight brand. So they started to kind of have this umbrella thing of Mm -hmm. different costume companies. But the two companies formally merged and incorporated as Ben Cooper Inc. on December 8th of 1942. So we're still very, you know, early on at the time of when Halloween was past paper mache terrifying nightmare costumes <laughs> and just into these. So by the 1940s, Ben Cooper Inc. It was one, it was a large company and it sold its costume sets in JC Penney's Woolworths and five and dime stores. And the costumes came in these display boxes where it would have the name of the costume and this cellophane window where you could see the mask. Yes. I remember getting those boxes. Yeah. So the costumes were made up of a character mask usually and a silk screened thin vinyl smock. And they sold from anywhere from a dollar 25 to $3, which is anywhere from 10 to $14 in today money. And the most popular costumes at the time of early production were devils, ghosts, skeletons, and witches. Ben Cooper, Inc., they continued to grow and expand its licensing, including television shows like Davy Crockett, Superman, and Zorro. The company also made a lot of money off of their Jackie and President Kennedy masks. But... <laughs> yeah, so they started that whole political figure mask. Oh, But they had to destroy thousands of masks after Kennedy's assassination in November of 1963 because... As one should. Bad for business. The company had... They became well-known for these. And, of course, it continues on for um, Ben Cooper, Inc. Of There was Star Wars characters and Sesame Street and Muppets, and it just continued on. Um, They were part of the top three best-selling costume companies. So this is where it gets into Ben Cooper, Inc., Collegeville, and Halco. They were the top three companies selling character and Halloween stuff into the 80s. But during the 1980s, because this company ran forever, this was fascinating. So during the 1980s, the company hit its largest financial fall, because in September of 1982, that was when seven people died after taking Tylenol that had been laced with potassium cyanide. Remember when that happened in the 80s? Mm-hmm. And there was the whole, this was where that whole thing started with Halloween with like, they're hiding razor blades in the apples and they're, you know. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. So it terrified parents across the nation and they kept their children home for that Halloween. So the sales of their costumes just plummeted and it took them several years to gain back the money they lost because of that Halloween. Whoa. And so that them and like 13 other companies got together 
not maybe not 13 other companies. This might be my brain mixing numbers. So Ben Cooper Company, plus a lot of other Halloween companies, confectionery companies and stuff that was affected by this Tylenol issue, came up with this coalition to like send out these 13 facts as to why Halloween is still safe to celebrate. To send out to consumers and parents to be like, hey, this was kind of a one-off thing. And so, but eventually, because they couldn't recover from that in 1988, they declared their first bankruptcy. Wow. The licenses were diverted because customers and investors, because it was still a privately owned company, put their licenses and their money into one of the other competitors, Collegeville. So the licenses and everything transferred from Ben Cooper Inc. to Collegeville, which is where you get that connection of Mm -hmm. Ben Cooper Collegeville. But a lot of the, so all of the masks from the 40s to 1988 were Ben Cooper. And then everything after was that. And then there was like a mysterious plant fire where one of the manufacturing plants burned to the ground after they declared bankruptcy. Ooh. Yeah, so there was like some shady shit that happened and then the insurance companies were like, no, we're not going to pay out on this because of XYZ. And so Ben Cooper Company, they relocated to North Carolina to be closer to the textile manufacturers that they had there. Mm-hmm. And then they revisited the case of trying to get that insurance money from when the plant burnt down. They couldn't get that money. And then they declared Chapter 11 bankruptcy again in the early 90s, stating that because of the move, they lost all of their money. Uh, right. It's a lot more exciting yeah. stuff than I... I know. I just thought it was like we made some masks. Right. And then we got tired of doing it. Yeah. I remember those. Like, I remember wearing them as a child. And I remember the eye holes were so tiny that you really couldn't see. Yeah. They're so tight. My dad, like, having to cut them bigger. <laughs> and, like, the breathe holes were, like, mm-hmm. just, like, pinned. Like, yeah. And then being hot. Yeah. One of the articles I read was, like, you are a child of this time, if you remember, how hot your face was and the smell of the vinyl from the smog. Yeah. So I remember when I was in California, it was hot for Thanksgiving, or Thanksgiving Halloween. <laughs> and I just remember we'd be sweating buckets. Oh, God. And... <laughs> The opposite Halloween that I had. My yeah. Halloween costumes growing up had to be planned around a snowsuit. Yeah, you had to be <laughs> you had to be prepared. I never <laughs> I didn't know about snow Halloween until I came here. I'm sorry. And then I was like, why is there wait what I'm like, we're not going out there. It's snowing. Yeah. It was it I'll was just give you a bag of candy. <laughs> like, what are you talking Leave about? Leave me alone. I found some interesting like numbers of what some of these masks have sold for because they're very collectible. And they're the most collectible if they're in the original box. Yeah, obviously. Right. So um on eBay you can find them. They said any listings starting at a dollar twenty five when they first started, right? They're now selling anywhere from five dollars to thousands of dollars. Um Recently, a rare 1966 Ben Cooper costume of a Marvel comic book character, Daredevil, sold on eBay for $2,000. A costume of the Adams family, Morticia Adams, recently sold at Hake's auction for $1,752. And then this one, which makes me, my skin crawl, 
a costume of the hard-to-find Uncle Creepy. Sold on eBay for $689. Uncle Creepy was the host character for horror comics magazine Creepy, launched in 1964. But also, let's, let's, let's workshop that name a little bit more. Yeah, like I can just see him sitting around and like, we need a name. Mm -hmm. Uncle, Uncle, Uncle Creepy. Yeah, that was him. How do you guys feel about this? So I think in the pod office, I think behind us, we're going to put my uranium glass up, right, with black light. And I think I'm going to put my mask back up because they also fluoresce under a black light. Yeah, it will be super cute all tied together. And you found them at that really good estate sale. Yes. It was a huge surprise because I, first of all, this estate sale was not um, advertised really well. And it was that time capsule house that we talked about a million fucking times on the show. Yeah. And it was, this is why we say, check under the tables. Look here. Look there. I was down in the basement. I was looking through the wood pantry shelves. And tucked kind of behind a box was a stack of these Collegeville masks. And at the time I kind of balked at the price because I had not, I had never come across these in the wild. I had no idea what to expect price wise. Yeah. And now I kick myself for it, but it's, you know, it's meant to be. And then there was, this is I fucking kick myself for. There was a complete Batman with the smock and the mask. Yeah, that deserves a swift kick to the pants. Yep. But I got, so I got those masks. I love them. I think it's going to be, I think it's just the perfect collection for me, really. Yeah. I mean, they were, they're in really great condition. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you found them in a state sale was amazing. Even better. Because most of these things are found in flea markets. Yeah. Flea markets or for resale. Yeah, and I remember going to California has amazing flea markets. I remember going to flea markets with my parents, them getting me a churro and us just walking around for mm-hmm. hours. And some of you may know about the show. Sam and I will be at this uh, flea market one of these days. Yes, it is at the Hopefully very soon. top of our bucket list. For the show. Like everybody we have, like most of the people we have talked about has talked about the brim-filled <sighs> flea market. So this article comes from guide to brimfield.com. It's a journal of antique and collectibles of the Brimfield Show Guide. So let's see. It's pretty long, but it starts out, it says three times a year, the population of Brimfield, Massachusetts is increased sevenfold <laughs> by those who come to gawk and shop at the flea market billed as the greatest antique show under the sun. First of all, I didn't know that there was three a year. I thought it was like one and done, hit it and quit it. And now that I know that there's three opportunities. <laughs> so I'm thinking like, Spring, summer, fall. Yeah. 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 Doable. So it's, um, it goes on saying, take the small vi- Massachusetts village of Brimfield, stir in avid antique lovers, blend with the new concept in antique sales, mix in 70 dealers and about 200 buyers, cook at a medium heat for 15 years, <laughs> weakening the pot each year with innovation, more dealers and buyers. Season with Yankee ingenuity, patience, understanding, and hard work. 
The results is Gordon and Madeline Reed's outdoor flea market built unbashingly by Reed himself as the greatest antique show under the sun. <laughs> so it's spread over. I didn't, okay. I knew it was big. Mm-hmm. How big is but it? It's, it's spread across 20 acres. Shut up. 20. Oh, we're going to get so many steps in that day. <laughs> That's going to be like going to Disney world. Yeah. I'm putting my Crocs in sport mode for this. Yeah. You got, we got to like train for it. Uh huh. <laughs> oh my God. Can we make an exercise class that's just for marathon <laughs> flea market? And then we got to like work our arms. Yeah. You got to pull a basket behind you filled with free weights. <laughs> and then you got to have your basket on your arm. And But you have to move through cones like they're people. Yeah. And like in and out, in and, in out, and out, in and, and out. out. Yeah. 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 While holding a drink or some kind of snack. Yeah. Like trying to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Adequate sun care. Yeah. 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 So this was all started by uh, Gordon Reed, who died in the late 1970s. Uh, he was a modest uh, man with an easy smile and then a soft voice. A native of Ma- uh, Manchester, Connecticut, he was the son of Robert M. Reed, who was known for the colorful sails he held up and down Connecticut River Valley. With his sons, the elder Reed conducted thousands of auctions over 35-year lifespan. Gordon Reed sensed that uh, times were changing. Um, It's quoted here that each time we sold out of a herd of cattle, he said, we were selling ourselves out of business. Once a farm was sold to a developer, it was never operated again. The other day I sold the contents of an attic in Thomas Thompson, Connecticut. That attic will never be full of antiques again. We had two virgin attics last year. In time, there won't be any attics full of antiques anywhere in connection with the state sale closeouts. Moving to Brimfield in 1946, the Reeds and their three children remained in the auction business, serving banks and estates from Worcester to Springfield in 1959. They got wind of a new development, a station wagon tailgate sale. Can you imagine (laughs) I oh man, you pull your boots up, bitch. We're going to the estate sale wagon sale. I know. <laughs> Do you hear about that sta- station wagon tailgate? We're heading out, <laughs> heading out, locked and loaded. Everybody's station wagons are like packed full. Oh, that was the time before you had you know car seats and seat belts to be in the way <laughs> yeah, to really load a bitch up. Yeah, you could. <laughs> so in the fall, attending a similar sale. Um, in Higginum, Connecticut, under Betsy Forbes' direction, and were fascinated with what they saw. And from those two shows came the notion introducing the flea market to the United States. Oh, God bless him. So he literally is the father of flea markets. Wow. He's a patron saint of fleas. Markets. <laughs> not the dog guys. Uh, not, the not the dog body. guys. Not the biting ones. Not the biting ones. The antique it's fine. kind. <laughs> you don't need to wear a collar when you go. No. So the history of the term flea market is difficult to trace, but Reed believed in Western European origins. The explanation we like, he says, is that it started in one of the big European cities, Paris, Madrid, or possibly London. Most of the things were brought to the flea market were items stolen by the poor, lower class people. They made a li- livelihood by stealing, and they lived in places where they carried body lice. 
Oh, no. I'm like, I want to be like, sir, where did you get your research? Yeah. Can we? Do you really know that this happened? Did you ever go to Europe? And he goes, like, he literally goes on about how, like, the the lice harbored and, like, you go to the markets and you would get lice. But they were selling these things that they stole. And I'm like, I I don't know how much this is true. As I was reading, I'm like, I feel like he's mad that he didn't (laughs) do this. Like he's mad that the Europeans got it first, which the Europeans did mostly everything first, guys. Yeah. Sorry about it. So then it goes on to, so about 300 people attended the first flea market and the Reeds scheduled a second show for September, 1960 beginning twice yearly scheduled that saw the number of dealers increase to 700 whoa and the bu- the buyers nearly 10,000 by 1974 holy shit 10, 000 in 1974 wow that's like 30,000 in today's numbers for yeah. people in 1970 a third show in July was added and in 1973 the event was scheduled over 2 days because the physical impossibility of checking in the larger number of dealers in one day. Could you imagine being that person? You only had one day. Oh, God. There were 700 vendors. I, <laughs> like wow. how you, you can't. You, you can't. just can't. You physically cannot without the aid of some type of stimulant. I just rem- I just want to know how the, the buyers would get their spots. Because you know there's those sweet spots. Yeah. Like, were there, like, knife fights and stuff? I want to know. Somebody was like, this antique really isn't worth that much, so I'm going to beat you with it. (laughs) My antiques are better than yours, Jane. Oh, So scoot along. Flea market drama is where it's at. Yeah. Wow. I just, like, how do you start to make your choices on, like, what you're going to look? Okay. Sorry. I know. And then it's like, okay, 700 vendors. Mm Mm-hmm. Where are you coming from? Like, what do you like? All over. I think people travel from everywhere. Also, I have such bad FOMO that like just the possibility of like <laughs> not getting to, oh my God. It would give me such anxiety thinking that I missed out on a good like spot because I couldn't make it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> But the flea market was in, originally intended to be a sideline to Reed's auction base business, but its phenomenal growth put a major dent in their available time. Behind each show are months of hard work and careful planning. Preparation for last year's spring. I don't know when this article was written, um, but the show began the previous sales spring for the sales when application forms for the dealers spaces were passed out. So they, they plan a year in advance. They're constantly planning. Shit. So yeah, if you wanted to join in, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even be able to the year that you're thinking about it. You'd have to be like, yeah, you would have to plan the year before. Whoa. That's too much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it just goes on. So it goes on saying how they did it. So over the years, the read systemized the complicated procedure of keeping track of all reservations through using a color-coded forms, notebooks, and charts. I just, as you started to read that sentence, it went, this was way before technology. Yeah. 
Holy shit. I just imagine one wall in the living room just like full of charts and color coding. And then like, what if a big gust of wind comes in and like throws it off? Wow. Or they're like, no, all glassware is in the yellow folder. I already fucking told you that. I already told you that. The glassware vendors are (laughs) under yellow. Metal yard vendors are under green. Why would you put textiles under brown? That doesn't make sense to me. It's not brown. It's obviously purple. I feel like you're not listening to me when we have these meetings. I feel like you're just nodding, saying yes, and then you try to change the colors. That's not how we're doing it here at Brimfield. Okay? (laughs) Get with it or get out of it. Yeah, but it's just like this goes on forever. But It says like the grass had to be had to uh, be cut and signs repainted and dealers like 20 acres. Wow. What are the aliens that are watching us live our lives thinking when they're like, did you see that meeting where like people just put a bunch of old shit in Massachusetts and like 70,000 people show up to rifle through it? Have you seen this? Like, feel like this is why we just hover to where they can't see us because we don't want to get down in that crazy. Like, why are they fighting over a pink bowl with white patterns on it? Why? I don't understand. We also (laughs) could you like explain to me why they're fighting over this bowl? I don't understand. And it's $700. (laughs) Please. We also had that guy write the article with body lice. We put body lice in it. They're still going. These humans know no bounds. Like, I just don't, let, you know, just keep going. We'll try Mars. Just keep going. <laughs> Make another lap. We'll find a better spot. Just keep no, driving. <laughs> but yeah, I do enjoy he had a daughter named Jill. So it's meant to be. Dad? Antique dad? <laughs> I know. Is that you, daddy? Hello. Why are you so much whiter than me? <laughs> you don't look anything like you should look. Why aren't you tan with brown hair like I am? Oh. Daddy, can you hear me? Papa, can you hear me? (laughs) I say that to my dad when he's not listening to me, when we're in the same place. (laughs) That's what I do to my husband when he's not paying to the the kids. He's like, why do you sing to me? I'm like, because that's the only thing you hear, apparently. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I knew it was huge. Didn't know it was. But major props to everybody who does that. I just thought of the dumbest thing. I'm sorry. I'm such an idiot today. This is, this is the antique tough mutter. <laughs> this is our Spartan race, Jill. This is, you know, and I crossed it. So I'm, I feel like I'm halfway there for train. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm an, uh, what do you do to like work out and stuff? Oh, I'm an antique triathlete. <laughs> That's what I am. I swim what? through ephemera. I bike through some glassware. I um, cover myself in heavy quilts under extreme heat. Yeah. Yeah. See how much I can sweat off before I pass out. Mm-hmm. I'm also doing it in a mask. So. Yes. Step up. While trying to drink my uh, cold brew. Oh, yeah. We'll, have to, we'll just have a cooler rolling behind us with cold brew. Giving it to everybody. That and White Claws. We'll just use, we'll make the White Claws almost frozen and then we'll put them in to keep the cold brew cold. And then take, see, we're doubling up. We don't have to carry two coolers. One. Anyways, that's all for today's Curio Corner, folks. I think it's enough, guys. Don't you? I think that's it. Everybody, um, we are a couple or a couple months out from this Brimfield. So get your antique sneakers. 
make download that antique to 5k app (laughs) start making laps around your thrift stores okay start um you know carrying those pots Mm -hmm. and doing arm curls Mm -hmm. i want you to (laughs) i want you to take your pyrex off the top shelf lower it down slowly and then set it back up do that for (laughs) sets of five okay three sets of five i want you to (laughs) i want you to tie that vintage ironwork to your back yeah 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 and i want you to walk yeah slow and steady mm-hmm. don't stop mm-hmm. just keep going nice engage that core straight back right is use, that right joe use your quads mm-hmm. use your quads mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. your quads are your biggest muscle here people <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry everybody Guys, this is what happens when we do this late at night this is and true. it's not even late it's, it's nine o'clock for both of us um to hear more about our outlandish shenanigans and get a look at behind the scenes of what happens during curio corners be sure to check out our patreon the link for that is in our instagram bio at the mothball prophecies original on instagram that's where we post 90 percent of everything we do on the internet happens on instagram and then it gets directly shared to facebook under the same name we want to take this time to thank our beloved patrons who uh support this nonsense month to month (laughs) thank you for that we want to thank gwendolyn in minnesota julia in sweden jasmine in kentucky kyla in indiana mandy and riley in california tc liono melissa christina erica becky and ashley in idaho to join our patreon and see all the tiers listed be sure to visit the link in our instagram bio we are very excited for this month's uh cocktail hour we're very excited for this month's march's episode we thank you all so much for listening to our show be sure to subscribe on apple podcasts follow on spotify and as always we hope you find some good shit And we really, really want you to look under those tables. Always. Bye. See ya.